You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Hey, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it. Hey, vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, the fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the doctor. I'm a traveler in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station Who podcast. That's right, folks, we are back, and we are going to be looking at the Fifth Doctor's era. We haven't actually done the Fifth Doctor in quite some time, and we're actually looking at the end of the Black Guardian saga. We are looking at Enlightenment, and you're going to be basically seeing ships in space, space, space. space. <laughs> it, it'll be a lot of fun. And the reason I thought of this one, because they kind of talked on Doctor Who this last season about the eternal and the guys who were, you know, invading people's sleep and everything. And they kind of tie into it, into this episode. And then also, of course, the Celestial Toy Maker. So it's interesting that, you know, we hadn't talked about this one and it's, it's an interesting story and it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about with you guys. And of course we have our regular crew with us. So of course, let's say a big howdy to Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. How are you, my friend? I am peachy keen. And Miss Mary Ogle is back with us also. Hi, everybody. It is great to be here. Ready for the dog days of summer, or as we like to call it, <laughs> the long way till Doctor Who? The, the probably even longer than it was going to be before wait for Doctor Who. Oh, God, yeah. They announced, BBC has announced, actually. It's actually it's the only news thing we even have close to any new news is that, you know, <laughs> they're not going to be filming for quite some time. Um, because yeah. of the social distancing they're doing in the UK. So there is no new Doctor Who planned to be filmed even until at least what they're saying late fall at the earliest. And so that means we're probably not going to get new Doctor Who other than the holiday special until probably fall 2021 at the earliest. Yeah, if we're lucky. But so, we did... We did. They did reveal uh, what the title of the holiday special is. Yes, and they actually got to show the slimmed down new look Dalek for 2021. <laughs> <laughs> the diet Dalek. <laughs> exactly. What is the title, Mikey? Uh, so you put me on the spot. I believe is it. Uh, <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> is it? Is it revolution? Yes. Of the Dalek, is that right? Am I got that right? I think so. Let me because I, I, I just thought I that know. of it because I saw um, they actually did an interview. It was two, three of them. They had Matt um, Revolution of the Dalek Christmas special. Yeah, the Jody, Matt, and and David uh, all interviewed at the same time via Zoom or you know streaming something like that, mm-hmm. um, and they talked to him about a number of things. And at the very end, Jody revealed that she could, uh, well, she said she was going to do it regardless, but of course that's bunk. Um, uh, <laughs> she, she revealed the, the, the title of the new one. So, and that is, uh, yeah, I, Revolution, it, right? It is Revolution of the Daleks, and it's going to be January 1st, 2021. Right. So, uh, so that's cool. Um, you know, it's Dalek. So uh, the sleeker new looking Daleks for the, you know, 2020s, you know, it's going to be awesome. That's true. That's true. Exactly. 
So it'll be very interesting. Either that or they just lost a lot of weight because of Corona. You know, it's possible. It uh, it was fun seeing the three of them uh, on, uh, I think it was IGN.com that they did the uh, interview for. And uh, it was fun seeing them interact. Also, uh, to that end, uh, recently on uh, James Corden's show, he had both David and Jody on and had them uh, answer questions. And they actually had a uh, uh, make it at home Doctor, Doctor Who, Who contest. Costume. Costume it was contest, awesome. Which, it was awesome. Which was really fun too. They, I, I love watching uh, the various actors and actresses that have played the Doctor interact now because uh, uh, they they definitely have a kinship and uh, all get along and they it's it's great. They have great chemistry together. If we could if we could get a multi Doctor story again, it would be a blast. Uh, that would be awesome. Very much so. I think it would be awesome. And some of these costumes these people came up with, it was awesome. There was one of them who I think one of them was a podcaster. You could tell by his voice and the microphone he was using. But he ended up being the <laughs> face of Boa. It was you, wasn't it? No. It was not. <laughs> I I would not actually put a plastic pot over my head and you know say I was the face of Boa and everything. But the one woman who was the uh who did the Cyberman was awesome and everything. She took um I think it was a frame from her um I think one of her a fan or something like that. Something like that. Like a Dyson fan. And then she put tinfoil in front of her face and with little black eyes on it. And she was wearing a gray sweatshirt. It was cute. And one of their employees, of course, for the show, actually said he was an ood and he had spaghetti coming out of his mouth. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. uh, Yeah, it was. It was fun. I I don't watch. uh, I, you know, James Corden was probably the one of all the James and Jimmy's and all that that are doing late night that I watch the least. But I mean, he is British, so he does have an affinity for Doctor Who. Heck, he was on two episodes of Doctor Who, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Both both in the Matt Smith era. So, uh, so and and oddly enough, Matt was the one he didn't have on his show. <laughs> so, oh, he's had uh, Matt on before. Yeah, I know, I know. And just and, uh, in this yeah. case, but but uh, no, I I would say you know I in you know I know we've talked about you know some of the stuff that BBC has put out um, for lockdown. Um, so nothing official, I don't think, since we last uh, did a, an episode. But that um, that stuff that came out with those two interviews, I, I definitely. Uh, recommend people seek out because it was very entertaining and it's fun just watching those guys uh, interact even if it is from a a zoom like screen like we all do oh you know what that's how most interviews are doing it nowadays other podcasts who usually have like face-to-face interviews are doing you know zoom or skype or different what you know different ways to talk to the people look at something like uh, mark Marin. he's interviewing people completely over zoom you know and it's just it's like oh he's just like us now <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, well the benefit is that now you can it's easier to do look at all the reunion uh zoom uh sessions that we're getting because it's easier to to get all these people together via zoom than it would be to actually physically get them in a location so you can have like three or four doctors uh you know together on a zoom call uh just like you can have you know the the uh, I think they've done what Back to the Future reunion and X Men and Ghostbusters, uh, Ferris Bueller and Ghostbusters and yeah, mm-hmm. they, they, that's the thing that they're all kind of doing now because it's a lot easier to do that now and it it's fun. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's pretty darn awesome. See, and... not everything about COVID is bad. No, exactly. <laughs> and if anyone wants to do a reunion on our show, we would be glad to do that for you. You know. Heck, you know, we could even bring back podcasters, uh, hosts of past (laughs) Earth Station Who. (laughs) Have an Earth Station Who reunion. (laughs) You never know what we could do with that. Could be a lot of fun, though. So you never know. But yeah, it's pretty awesome. Our friends at Big Finish announced that David Tennant is doing another uh, Doctor Who adventure on Big Finish. And he's meeting up with River Song. Yay! 
So we get more river song. Da, 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 da. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not. It's not part of that. It's not it's part of her series. So we don't. We don't hear the river song theme. Please Aww. let us not hear the river song music. <laughs> oh, come on! I could play it right now for you guys if you really want. Then we'd have to kill we, we you. We really don't want. Yeah. Okay. You I do like. Need them. to die. Yeah. Never. <laughs> Never, ever, 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 ever. But yeah, it's uh, pretty darn awesome that, you know, they're doing, you know, Doctor new Doctor Who stuff with the new series now. And it's it's pretty awesome that, you know, both Alex Kingston and David Tennant, they had great chemistry in Silence in the Library. Oh, so. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, this is going to be great. I, that was, that was the beginning together. of it. Uh, you know, I mean, now I think... As far as existing and, and living actors that have played the Doctor, I think um, I think the only one that she will not have uh, interacted with will be um, Nine. And nope. maybe, you know, that would be a big deal, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Hear, oh, uh, yeah. I, I, you know Chris is going to do some big finish at some point. Well... You hope, but Chris is so damn unpredictable with <laughs> anything he's gonna do. Yeah, I mean, who knows? You just you just don't know where he's gonna go, what he's gonna say, what he's gonna do. You know, I hate Doctor Who. I hate Doctor Who. Oh, but I'll go to these cons and say hi to the fans. As you know, well, you know, it, all you'd have to do is all they should do is just say, you know, it's it's like no, I hate Doctor Who. I hate Doctor Who. Oh, I get to work with Alex Kingston. I'm in. Well, that would be tr- <laughs> very true. You know, definitely. You just have to have your priorities straight. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. you just have to write have the right carrot to dangle. Um, exactly. And it's an Alex Kingston carrot. <laughs> so a carrot with really There's curly just hair. So many ways we could go with that. So sure it is. Wow. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> and this we haven't even got to the episode yet, and already <laughs> we are devolving. Oh, I know, but um, that should be coming to you in 2021, also. So, because I don't, did we talk about the Rory Williams adventure? I don't think so. um, They're also doing a adventure with Arthur Darville returning as Rory Williams. And they're going to be setting it during the 2000 years that he waited for Amy. (laughs) There's a lot of, a lot of opportunities for stories there. Yeah. Well, well, (laughs) it's going to be interesting because, especially because he was the plastic Rory at that point. He wasn't even, you know, human. So they could definitely do adventures, you know, with him, you know, being a little more than human. So it should be very interesting. So the Centaurian will return, and that is coming in May 2021. So mm. we got a long wait. But, you know, with us, we'll be ready for it because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we haven't, we have not done, you know, anything through 2021. And I don't think we're going to be getting Doctor Who. So we're going to be desperate to talk about by that point yeah it's gonna be a while before we get the tv show back yeah exactly outside of outside of the uh pre you know the aforementioned uh holiday special we probably won't see doctor who for till 2022 Ooh. yeah well i won't be surprised yeah no oh, I, I doubt we'll yeah i doubt we'll have new doctor who outside of that uh maybe another holiday special ish but um uh, the Zoom yeah. holiday special. The Zoom holiday <laughs> special. <laughs> but either um, that, yeah, either I would. That. I think uh, I think it would be very optimistic to think that we're going to get new Doctor Who um, before twenty twenty one. Uh, 2022 sorry well maybe our friends at the puppet doctor can you know maybe do something (laughs) (laughs) take up the slack (laughs) so just like you know in the wilderness years uh you know prior uh wilderness years when big finish steps up and fills the gap that seems like what they're doing now oh very much so and i think they're doing a grand job of it so it's pretty awesome with that they're coming uh, out with new stuff right and left and you know we've still got a lot of Doctor Who that we have not reviewed here, so um, so we're we're good for a while. Yeah, didn't you make a list up or something of what we haven't seen, haven't reviewed yet? I, I have a spreadsheet. Yes, I have a uh, spreadsheet he, that he, tracks all such things. Yes. Uh, so you went all the way from the beginning and all the way through current and marked what we've reviewed and such. That's correct. Wow, you do have a lot of free time on your hands. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> uh so uh so yes i think uh i've I've been working on that and uh i think uh i think episode 250 will be a good one to uh to talk about some of the uh things that we've done and and go over that okay 
I think that's it's totally fair. Coming up, I mean, 250 episodes we're coming up on. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I can't believe we've been talking to each other for that long about Doctor Who. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, Mike, you and I go longer than that. I mean, we've been talking for about Doctor Who and reviewing Doctor Who episodes for 10 years, over 10 years almost. Oh, I know. And it's amazing that, you know, it's like Earth Station Who was like birthed out of us talking too much Doctor Who on Earth Station One. And <laughs> people right. were kept on saying, do you mind not talking about Doctor <laughs> Who all the time? But What's we, wrong with them? Yeah, I know. That was crazy. I yeah. don't, yeah. We shouldn't have catered. No, we didn't. So, that, and, that, and, and we had met that weird guy, what, Phantom Troublemaker, you know, a guy who was wearing a wrestling mask all the time. But now he's known as Dave and he doesn't do that anymore. So it's pretty awesome. But it's pretty cool. And the rest is history. And we've had such a great experience. And we've had a lot of great people on it. And we have Mary as a wonderful co-host. Absolutely. So pretty awesome. I am so happy to be here. Yeah, she's got a lot of catching up to do. She's going to, you know, uh, review with us all the ones that we've, you know, the backlog of ones that we've done without her. Yeah, exactly. She has to go back and talk about each one of the first hundred episodes. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what her homework will be for episode 250. Right? Exactly. But she has to, she has to, have to give talk us about random. every single episode I wasn't on before. Exactly. 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 So it'll be very interesting to see what people think about it. And, you know, Episode 250 is going to be good to talk about that kind of stuff and just reminisce a little bit. I think so. I think it'd be good. So I think we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. How are you guys doing? Please write us. You know, we got a piece of mail that we'll talk about at the end of the show, but we definitely would love to hear from the rest of you too. So, you know, please write us at earthstationwho at esonetwork.com. Let's take a quick break and we are going to be back in a moment and we are going to be talking all about enlightenment. I'm Brittany Vitrino. And I'm Martha Bartlett. We've been nerds since day one, and we love to talk. And now we're your hosts of But First, Let's Talk Nerdy. Come listen if you like anything from comics, anime, video games, sci-fi, and even history. Just sit back, relax, even join us with a drink in hand, because we'll have one in ours too, and come talk nerdy with us every Tuesday. We are now a proud member of the ESO Network, and you can download wherever you like to listen. See you next Tuesday. Welcome back to Earth Station Who, and now we are going back to March 1st, 1983, and we are looking at a four-part episode featuring the Fifth Doctor with Tegan and the wonderful Turlo, and it's going to be interesting to do because this is, what, our third time we've talked about Turlo or fourth time? Because I think we've done King's Demons and we also did the Dalek story. Yes. And then, then we did, of course, Modern Undead when they they introduced him. So, so yeah. yeah. So I know I haven't seen a lot of him. Well, you don't see a lot. He's not on all that long. Oh, he is on the fifth doc- five doctors too. Right. Right. So we had that's some- true. Yeah. I mean, I I'm familiar with him to an extent. I know, but I haven't seen all the episodes that he's in. And his whole, like, um, you know, the the whole angle that he's working for, you know, the Black Guardian was something that I kind of knew because I'd read it in places and people had mentioned it, but I had never really seen it, the evidence for myself until this episode. Oh, we also did Fury from the Deep also. Hmm. Yeah. So with the the base under siege story again. So. So it's interesting because you get a story and they actually don't reveal that they're actually in space until what, the second episode. Right. I think. Yeah. And, well, you kind of figure it out. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, is this, you know, what, so this Mike was your first time seeing this one. Yep. This is my first time. Okay. What about you, Mary? I have seen it before eons ago. Right. All I remembered was there were ships and board gods. 
Mm, that sounds about right. <laughs> there you go with that. It was interesting because, you know, it's probably been at least 25 years since I've seen this one. I have the box set. And this is one of those where they actually redid the special effects back in 2009. They oh, wow. actually they actually re, redid it. And um, since CGI was so much better, they basically re, decided to redo a lot of the effects for it. Didn't really help, but, you know. <laughs> what did, I mean, the effects weren't really that bad. No, no, I didn't. I actually thought they were not bad at all. I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, they are what they are, but I didn't, uh, I thought they were kind of cool looking in a lot of cases. So, mm-hmm. no, it was interesting because you had, you had some very interesting characters in the guardians of, you know, you had the white guardian, the black guardian, and something was draining the power from the TARDIS right at the very beginning. And you, it was obvious this was, you know, something was building because they had called it a trilogy at the time um, when it first aired. And so, you know, you had the episode before when Terminus where Nyssa actually left the series. Not that it was really noticed in some ways. <laughs> Poor Nyssa. <laughs> and it's sad because Nyssa is such a, was such a great character. And she could she could have been a great character. Yeah, well, they had the problem of having like too many too many people in the TARDIS, and they yeah, did that with just... you know when there were three of them. Uh, and then they got rid of Adric, and it was like okay, there's two. And then it wasn't terribly long after that, I don't think, that Turlow came. So it was like, oh, there's three again. And so I think I think I think this story actually benefits from having just two companions um, really well. Uh, in a lot of the ways that some of the other fifth doctor stories don't because uh, of how you have to juggle all three of those. Whereas this one, it's, it's really simple. I mean, uh, you know, Tegan's got her storyline, Turlo's got his and the fifth doctor's just mulling about. And I, you know, I think, I think it actually works really well. And um, I actually think it was directed really well too. I noticed it right in the beginning, as you mentioned, Mike, the ship's being drained and the the effect, the lighting effect that they used of sort of the dark TARDIS with the, you know, the yellow round things or the, you know, the the, the, the dimly lit TARDIS was, <laughs> it just, it just added like an element, a really cool atmosphere to the TARDIS that, um, that I really uh, enjoyed seeing. I, I hate one of the things about, you know, HD now is that when you see these, these older episodes and you see the, the, you know, the, the TARDIS, the same set that they've been using for at that point, what, 20, 30 years, it just looks nasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks like, I'm like, why didn't they clean this? Where is housekeeping? <laughs> exactly. It just looks, you know, I just look at the round things and they just look like they've got, I mean, they're just dirty and you can just see it like, uh, but with that lighting effect, you got rid of that. And it just looked, I don't know. It looked really cool to me. Um, kind of much like we see in later uh, desktops of the, of the, de- of the interior of the TARDIS, I think. Well, exactly. It, you know, with it being mood lighting and everything, it kind of, you know, the look and feel of it, not the console or anything, but just the look of the TARDIS reminded me somewhat of the ninth and 10th doctors. TARDIS. Yeah. A little that's bit. what, yeah. Oh that's yeah. It. Yeah. And so it was, it was very interesting and it, it's it would have been great if they could have kept it like that cuz it just it it felt more real it felt more legit instead of something stark white and you know and so, and which yeah, they well, had been done for like yeah. a set well exactly well exactly <laughs> it felt like an actual ship like right. you know that you know you don't have it you know let's waste all our power on brightening the control room you know well, I mean, it would probably would have been looked, it would have looked a heck of a lot better if it was clean <laughs> when it was, you know, well lit. So, uh, but yeah, I, so I, I, right away, I was like, oh, this is cool. And, uh, you know, I kind of dig uh, pirate stories. So uh, I, I like the idea of like this whole like pirate race or, or ship race in, in space. It seemed like sort of, I don't know, a little steampunkish um, for Doctor yeah. Who. Oh, very much so. 
and uh, very, I know this is, you know, neither here nor there, but I was very pleasantly surprised that this is a, a classic who's Dr. Who story that's both written and directed by women. And that doesn't happen very often. No, coming no. directed it and Barbara Clegg uh, wrote it. It yeah, awesome. I mean that's got to be pretty. Like the, that list has got to be pretty small. If I don't even know if we've noticed that that's been the case for anything else that we've any other classic story has it been? I don't well, really that, think that so. was the. I know that was the first one. Right, that yeah, was I, both written and directed by a woman. Gotcha. Yeah, because I know they each had worked on Doctor Who separately, but not together. Yeah, and so I mean, I, was, I, I sorry, I read that uh, you know that Eric C would rewrote a lot of it, but still details details yeah well she i think barbara clegg didn't even know about the black black and white guardian thing until after she'd already submitted her script yeah i think that's true i think that's not yeah that the, all that i think uh all that stuff is what Seward uh entered uh or added to it but um yeah let me just tell you you know having the bad guys and the good guys have birds on their heads was just a brilliant <laughs> idea you know as you do yeah as you do and you know valentine thinking of good omens oh very much so but it was interesting because valentine (laughs) is such an imposing character you know the actor who played the black guardian he was just the voice and you know he was just so good as the bad guy and you know you'll die turlo you know ah, 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 you know and it was just awesome and you know you'll spend eternity here and it was just it was he was just so menacing and then to see the bird on his head just took away from it completely. <laughs> i had the opposite reaction i kept he was so over the top that he kept taking me out of the story because i thought it was actually fairly well written mm-hmm. you know it had a decent plot i thought the ships in space was a cool idea mm-hmm. but um but he just tended to go overboard, in my opinion, in his acting choice. It it was interesting, though, because there was, you know, I thought the casting was really well done from the pirate captain, who was awesome. She was pretty amazing. Did the, you know that she is the one who sang the song in The Gunfighters? No, no way! Yes. No. She, sang, she sang the Last Chance Saloon. No. Wow. <laughs> so right, now, so. how do you feel about her? <laughs> I still think she's great as the. She's much better as the pirate she's queen. Much better yes. as the pirate queen. Yes. But Thank I'm God she, she had something else to do. I'm glad she didn't burst into song during this. Oh, now she was too evil to do that. Well, she yeah. was having fun, you could tell. Oh, yeah. it was a fun role for her to play. But I liked the, you know, the the Eternals who were on the, you know, the Doctor ship. And, you know, they're very prim and proper. And the one who was totally falling for Tegan. Oh, he was creepy. <laughs> Even she was, she was so turned off by him. But it was cool. It, it, it you know, it, it gave... It gave the Eternals some sort of, I don't know, uh, something that you could sort of hold on to. They weren't just these sort of entities that, you know, you couldn't really relate to. I thought that uh, because most of the other ones, well, at least the the main captain of uh, was the one they were on the Buccaneer, right? Yes. Uh, that one, I mean, he was just like, you know, pretty, pretty boring. So to give the other Eternals some some personality, I thought helped. Um, I actually, you know, I'm not a huge Tegan fan, but I thought Janet and and Tegan had like a lot to do. Um, like I said, it it doesn't suffer because you don't know what to do with all these companions. So you've got Tegan and she's got her her plot, and it you know she doesn't sound she doesn't seem like somebody who's at one point in the beginning she's like driving the TARDIS. I didn't know she could do that. <laughs> that really surprised me when, you know, and she's like, she's like talking about the TARDIS, like 
driving or or piloting the TARDIS in terms of like of of in a in terms that like she understands it. And I was like, wow, I had no idea she had even any interest in. She's in that the kind of thing. she's the same one who landed the TARDIS on its side in Castrovalva. Just remember <laughs> that. <laughs> well, she's. She's had practice, right? She's learning. Yeah, yeah she's learning. Uh, um, and uh, and Turlo, like, I haven't seen enough of his episodes, so I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to get a, a handle on him because, you know, that this story, it starts off with whatever he did in the last one, which I haven't seen. So I know, shame on me. But, um, you know, obviously he must have done something that, that so the doctor looks at him as as, as very cowardly. And yeah, he doesn't quite, uh, you know, he's not really brave in this one. Um, he just, he's tormented uh, through most of the story. Um, and unfortunately, when he, you know, kind of decides, makes the decision to stay with the doctor, I don't know, it, it didn't really feel like a feel-good Turlo moment. It just kind of was weak. So I don't know if that's the way, that, I think that's just the way the character, I don't want to blame Mark Strickson for that, but you know, he doesn't do a lot for me so far. Let's put it that way. I well, don't know if his character gets better, a, but yeah, he was a Weasley little character. He was supposed to be right from the very beginning. He was like, can you really trust him? You know, he was always the cowardly person who would not ever go into battle or anything. He was always the one trying to send other people to their deaths or just trying to get away from everything. Yeah, he ran. He ran away a lot. Exactly, <laughs> but, or or you know, tricked they, other people into going. They make a big deal about like you know the doctor makes a big deal like like you know, I'm going to trust him to do the right thing here because what I think what he's planning is you know but whatever he was planning to do I don't think really worked. So I I, I didn't get the feeling that oh Turlo came through in the end. I mean obviously he did because he sided with the doctor, but I don't know if that was. You know, I think that was just more for his survival rather than anything else. I, I just didn't like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm, the jury's still out on Turlo for me anyway. I haven't really seen an episode that, or story that really has made me connect with him one way or another, to be honest with you. There's only one episode that I really actually connected with him and it was his last one. It was the Planet of Fire, I think it was called. And it was, it was not, a, he's just not a great character They've, you know, he's been in a couple, I think a couple big finish and he, they actually did a novel about him. And so I know it was during the in-between years, but they, you know, wrote a story about, uh, did an adventure with Turlo and such. So I, I don't know much about him. I, I, you know, I, I imagine as far as I know, he's still alive, but I have not seen him. Does he do conventions or anything like that? Is there, Mark Strickland, I he, he's, yeah. he's done, you know, like, Gallifrey and stuff like that a couple times. I, I don't think I've ever seen him on any of the documentaries or anything like that. Like I don't I don't know. Is he hard to reach or does he not care for nah. his Doctor Who stuff or I know he's Australian and I think he lives in either Australia or New Zealand. Uh, so he's just a little harder to reach. Yeah. But he's been on like I was reading the watching the extras for this and he's up there and Okay. So it's just yeah, it's just his character it was it's kind just, of a thankless character. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he's he's very flawed, and he's he's not very likable. So, a lot of the companions during this year were kind of that way. <laughs> that, well, that's true. And, like and the whole mark. And that uh, that Thanks, you know, John Nathan Turner. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's you know anybody who's listening who's listened to us knows that uh, you know I'm not. This is not my favorite era. The John Nathan Ter- the Turner era is not my favorite time period to watch these stories. But I will say. Um, you know, recently I, I got a chance to, um, I was invited to be on uh, Watchathon with Rassilon over there on the ESO network. And we did, um, we reviewed The Visitation, which is a fifth doctor story, which I actually liked as well. And this one, I went going in, you know, I going in thinking, oh, this is another fifth doctor. I don't think I'm going to, and I, and actually quite liked it. So, um, uh, I'm actually, I don't know if I'm just getting like becoming gentler in my criticisms with this era or, 
or if I, you know, uh, I'm beginning to see that, you know, it's not, it's not all bad, but, um, Mm -hmm. tonight we will have a kinder and gentler Mike Gordon. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I'm, like I said, I'm not a big Tegan fan. Usually she annoys me. And I think my favorite story of hers is her last one. Uh, but then again, I haven't seen a lot of these. So, uh, so, um, you know, I thought, I thought she was really pretty good in this one actually. And, uh, I mean, she spends most of the time uh, fighting off uh, whatever that uh, oh, the, the eternal creepy that's guy. like the, the creepy mm-hmm. eternal Mariner. guy. <laughs> Mariner. Yeah, oh, it was interesting. You know, the very first time you see him, you see him on the video screen of the TARDIS. You see his hands. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and he's like climbing yes. up. I thought I was watching a Talking Heads video at first. <laughs> you know, it was like, I'm like, am <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I started seeing it. It's like, who are these beautiful ways? Who is this? You know, <laughs> my God, what have I done here? You know, it almost felt like that. And then, you know, just him like looking into the view screen. And it was just like, oh, this is creepy. And they just, it was just, it was just weird that he was, he feels for her. She, she's like no other brain he's ever seen before. It's like, oh, whatever. And and he, he plays the creepy guy well i will say that <laughs> it's like every and, time and, she turns around there he is he's yeah. like I'll, I'll go with you here it's like uh yeah yeah but I, and he did a david Tennant at the end i don't want to go <laughs> <laughs> you're going <laughs> and it was it was pretty interesting and i did enjoy you know a lot of it i loved I love the shots of like when the boats were going up against each other. And I just thought it was, it was just neat to see. Yeah. It, I mean, like you said, had pretty good models of the boat. Oh, so, exactly. It was so funny though. Cause they have, you know, they spend the first episode or two, like, you know, they talk about how they have to suit up and go out on the deck, you know, in order to do things. And then, you know, when, by the time our characters go on the deck, they're like, Oh, it's okay. You can just, lift up your helmet that's it's fine and i'm like why do they even need like to have suits on it's like they made this big deal about pressurized suits and i'm like why do they even need them it was out of an abundance of caution (laughs) i think i truthfully if you remember though when like the doctor had the jewel and everything when he ran out without the spacesuit on or anything he actually felt the pressure he was like collapsing and everything but he was able to throw it over the side in time. Mm, I think you are. Uh, I think you are projecting a lot on Peter Davison's performance. There. <laughs> hey, I'm trying. I am trying, my friend. Come on, I'm trying to give this a little oomph. You know, you know, you know and I, I have to say too, I I wish I'd remembered that because when you said at the beginning that you picked this episode because you know we recently have seen the Eternals in uh, in Jody's run. And I was like, oh yeah. Like, I was like, okay. So because watching this one, I had no connection with that story at all either. So there I don't no, know. It, it's, yeah, it's, there, just by, there is, it's just by name. no connection. Yeah. Because <laughs> they don't even bring up the Celestial Toy Maker or anything like that in this. Well, did, did they in that episode with Jody? Yes. Okay, gotcha. So they they went like if only the toy maker was here. So gotcha, gotcha. So so they're tying all so that that story tied in this one with the toy maker. By this they tied this one in because they were internals. That was the only way. Yeah, I mean that was it. That was the only connection. Gotcha. It was kind of cool, you know. I I kind of remember seeing the, you know, obviously the black and white guardians are a big deal for the key to time, which we reviewed last year, um, and that's kind of what I remember seeing them. Mm-hmm, exactly, and this is the last time you see them in the story. Gotcha. At all? I, is it have they ever been mentioned again? I mean, that's, I'm certainly big. In big finish. Look at them. Yeah. Big finish has done a lot with them, but they never brought them up, you know, at all. Heck, even our friend uh, Rich Rich Morris did when he did the uh, Ten Doctors, right? Storyline that you know that they, you know, the white and black guardian were behind a lot of it. What was going on in his story, but not anything on the TV show. It's cool to have 
you know, I would, the concept of the white and black guardians, I think would, would be pretty cool to reintroduce. I, I think, you know, having these celestial beings that are kind of, you know, playing with, with mortals or, you know, playing with the universe or whatever, we've seen that in other science fiction stories, comics and whatnot, like really be kind of interesting. And I, I would love to, I wouldn't mind seeing them come back uh, in some way. I think it would be a great idea. Yeah. And, and you know, it'd be great to see Chibno ruin them. It'd be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> but yeah, I but definitely now that would you like to. It. <laughs> I, I'm not arguing. I'm just <laughs> going there. But yeah, it it would be. I think they're great characters for to come back. And everything well provided somebody did something cool with them yes i you know i mean yeah. that's that's the caveat right but but i i like the concept i think you know um i i kind of wish we'd seen and i guess i still could in some ways but um i wish i'd seen this trilogy in order now um just because i kind of feel like um seeing it um you know out of order is is just kind of uh maybe not been as effective as, as a story you know, no, but because um, no. I, I really, even though it's been so, you know, it's been a long time since we've seen, since we saw Modern Undead that I just, I barely remember that they were in that. So, so this was the, um, this to me was the, the, the white versus black guardian story um, mm-hmm. for me. And, uh, you know, it was, I, I don't know how, it, it's kind of a shame that at the end that the, the whole uh, thing with the Eternals and the Enlightenment, Enlightenment, all that kind of stuff, kind of just ends. It just sort of like kind of gets co-opted by the White and Black Guardians. I would. It would have been interesting to see what that story, how that would have played out without them. Mm-hmm. Well, truthfully, you never really even see what happens to the pirate and her crew. That you just see the Doctor and Turlo come back. Oh, we took care of them. Well, you do see two figures floating in the space. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the implication is that they get thrown overboard. Yeah. But they're yeah. fine. They're Eternals, so they're, they'll be fine. Yeah, they're just going to bounce back. They're just going to so. disappear into the Eternal net. Exactly. Or we'll see them in a Marvel movie very soon. Right. Not those Eternals. Okay. Just making sure. You know, that's why how they're bringing the doctor into the Marvel universe. It'd be awesome. <laughs> it's, it's been been a one long game plan. All along. MCU since the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was interesting and is this was it fun to rewatch? Yes, it was. And I think, you know, the characters, especially the doctor and his companions were great and i didn't think you know it was you know they were very sexist of course to uh tegan you stay here we'll go take the adventure don't leave the tardis and of course she leaves the tardis you know and you know she you know you don't go over to this party i'm going to go no doctor and she actually stood her ground and she looked great in that dress the the dress to go to the ball yeah, I actually thought this was this was definitely one of the the better storylines for Tegan. I mean, she actually got to do something. Mm-hmm. She did. got to do a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she got to stand there frozen for half an episode. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was an interesting storyline. Um, they didn't really talk about once you saw the crew of the of the Buccaneer go up on the deck. I don't think you saw them again or anything. You know, after the guy was saying, I don't trust that rum. Here, take the key, you know, and it's just like Oh like, yeah. Well we saw yeah. them we saw them disappear, I think, um, when everything when it, when the race was over, there was no point to have them. So Right. I think and they then disappeared it was just down somewhere the, in episode two or something. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't you're right. That didn't all those characters just, didn't, they didn't, didn't go, go anywhere. anywhere. Right. Yeah. No. That's why I wish it kind of we'd gotten to, you know, have the storyline play out and then have the black and white guardians like show up in the last part of the last act after the contest was over. You know, that could that probably would have worked a little bit better for me. But um, 
but um and i want to also talk about the fifth doctor here for a little bit because we really haven't talked about him and um you know it it amazes me how cranky the fifth doctor is <laughs> considering that peter davison really you know seems like you look at pictures of him and everything like that and he seems like the most casual like the nicest and most courteous doctor that there would be and and i'm constantly amazed that he just he's like a jerk <laughs> he's kind of, of a dick yeah <laughs> there you go yeah <laughs> and i'm granted you know i've always thought that you know he didn't have the best companions but he doesn't man he just doesn't give them any slack whatsoever and um yeah he just acts like they're a pain in the butt to be around and i i kind of wonder why he has them because it's just <laughs> yeah he's al- he's always screaming at him about something yeah, he's, <laughs> he's always saying do. he doesn't trust them or he doesn't you know feel that they're competent to do this or that or you know um he's he's just he rolls his eyes constantly whenever they show up um it just it just doesn't feel like there's a connection with him and his companions whatsoever and i don't know i mean i know hartnell's doctor gets the the rep for being the crankiest doctor but i don't know and the more i see the fifth doctor i'm like he's he might be worse <laughs> he's more interested in like changing out his celery in this episode yeah. than he is with... <laughs> well it didn't need to be changed yeah you know <laughs> it's it pretty sad it was looking kind of brown on the edges you know and stuff like that <laughs> And they don't I mean, ever reveal that why he has the celery until his final episode, too. Yeah. I, I you know, I mean Turlow goes overboard and he doesn't even care. Like he just like it seems like Turlow's gonna die. Um like, and, oh, well. and then and then when he does reunite with Turlow on the other ship, it, it's like he doesn't even care like why he did that. Like it's like why did you throw yourself into space? I kind of would like to know. And it, 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 he has no interest in, in these guys, these characters at all. And you, it just leads me to wonder if why he's with his companions. Well, exactly. You know, Turlo basically tried to commit suicide in, in this. Oh yeah. That's exactly yeah. what happened. Well, yeah. That's like, I mean, that's like his, the way he reacts when Adric dies. He's like, yeah. Oh, Oh well, <laughs> we'll just have to move on exactly yeah, i uh i yeah i'm constantly amazed by uh his 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 treatment of his companions so uh, he seems to treat his enemies and uh other supporting characters better than he treats his own companions mm-hmm. exactly and it's just like uh peter 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 hey that's kind of the way he uh treated his interviewers too when we met him in, in person <laughs> Just saying, but you know, but it was very interesting to see. I en- did you guys enjoy this? It was. It didn't feel like it lagged at all in the storyline. And we, it was fun to watch. It was entertaining. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed this. Uh, I I you know, um, it's it's weird because like you said, Mike, it, it there's not a lot of story here, and it doesn't really drag. Like I I it was over with before I knew it, and I was kind of surprised because. There's not a lot of story, and I it it didn't feel padded. So good for them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So definitely interested to hear what you know, folks at home thought about this one. Um, any final thoughts before we go ahead and rate this? Talking about padding. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I as Mary pointed out in the beginning, I don't know how enlightened I feel after this, but yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> It almost felt like it was the whole thing was set up to, you know, find out what Turlo was going to do at the end. Yeah, because well, yeah, it seemed like Eric Sayward injected that into the story. Yeah, very. Yeah, because so. it didn't. It, they were searching for enlightenment, but you know, nobody really got it. And then there's sort of this off. You know, the doctor I think points out that you know that Turlo gets it and he acts like that was the point of it all along, but I'm like, that doesn't hold up. So I think it's a, yeah, I think what happened was that uh, the script editor changed the script too much that it just kind of got muddy at the conclusion. No, definitely. And... I would love to read uh, Barbara's original treatment of this. Mm-hmm. 
she did write a novelization of it, but I think it follows the episode uh, pretty, yeah. pretty closely, which is too bad. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's it's interesting because Barbara actually based the Eternals on some of her wealthy relatives. Oh, yeah, I read that was, read that that was that hilarious. Too. That was really funny. <laughs> they wanted like... to be constantly entertained. <laughs> Exactly. It's just like, okay. It's like, it's almost like being about around a lot of little kids, but you know, these are adults who have to be entertained. So it's just like, oh man, this is crazy. All right, kids. Let's rate this one out of five tortoises, one being the worst, five being the best. Mary, you got to go first this time. Oh, let's see. I mean, I did, I think some of the acting in this was not as great as it could have been by uh, by some of the side characters and even by Peter Davidson, who kind of at some sometimes he, it just felt to me like he was walking through and mouthing the words and didn't really care <laughs> that much about what was going on. Um, but it's still it, it was, you know, it's it's well written and, and the special effects are actually kind of fun and it was enjoyable. And uh, the lady ca- lady pirate captain is is good, and she didn't sing. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> so, so I would, you know, I think I'll give it a three and a half. Okay, that's fair, Mikey. Uh, three and a half for me as well. Um, it, I, I can't quite give it a four, but it's it's above average. Um, it, it, you know, for Doctor Who, especially for this period. Um, where I, you know, it's like, I feel like, I feel like I, I'm like, whenever we do one of these stories during the John Nathan Turner uh, era, I'm like driving through a minefield. I feel like it's just going to like, <laughs> and the one's going to blow up and I'm going to be like, Ugh. but um, nah, this one, I was kind of surprised I made it through. And uh, there was some really, some really cool, as, as Mary said, but I, I love the concept um, of the, uh, the, the ships uh, having this race uh, the Eternals were kind of cool. And, you know, I like the concept of the white and black guardians. The companions, uh, I think, were more impressive than the Doctor in this one. Uh, I agree with Mary on that, too. So, um, yeah, I don't think, you know, this is not one that I would just throw at someone and say, you've never watched Doctor Who before? Take a look at this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then they never watch it again. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they would never watch it again, but it just wouldn't be the best foot forward. Let's put it that yeah. way. Well, totally understand. Damn, I hate agreeing with you guys. Damn, damn, damn. Because, no, it's not a subpar episode by any means. So it's above a three, but it's not quite a four. Right. So, yeah, three and a half. We're all going to have to agree on this one. Damn it. So, you know, I wonder if somebody at home could go back and listen to all our old episodes (laughs) and tell us what we rated for each episode. (laughs) There's a there's a, there's there's the homework for 250. Mm, exactly. Come on, for episode 250. Like, let us know what uh, our rating system was for everything. For everything, we definitely would love to hear, and also find out who was on each show. Mike can give you that off the spreadsheet. So, yeah, I can I can tell you who the guests were, but I don't have the ratings on on my spreadsheet. So that means you just have to listen to the last five minutes of each episode. <laughs> yeah. Go, Mike. Go back and listen to every single one. Exactly. Starting with episode one. <laughs> Yeah, like I've got, I don't even know if those those are available, are they? Somewhere. Probably on my... <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere. Somewhere. I think, actually, you might be able to find it on Earth, on the ESO Network website and everything. And I'm going to be the first one to mention this. Uh, by the end of the year, there will be an Earth Station Who website completely dedicated to Earth Station Who. I just have to find the time to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it only took us 10 years to get one for Earth Station 1. So. Exactly. So you're, there you're, you go. You're, you're still on so schedule. See, you're, you're still ahead of the game. Yeah, you uh, are. I am, but I only have like 70 episodes of the 500. <laughs> so, <laughs> up there. so I still got a lot of work to do on that, too. But with that being said, we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us at EarthStationWho at ESONetwork.com. We, definitely, we also did get a piece of email. And our friend uh, Bill Lamond actually wrote us again. And he is talking about us about his 12 favorite Doctor Who episodes of the last decade. And he said, hi, Whovians. 
First, thank you for pronouncing my last name so carefully. I realize my family is asking everyone to do something that doesn't make as much sense. It really looks like lemon, but with a D at the end. Again, we say it's so that it rhymes with the and meters with the pond. So it's Lamond. Yeah, like I've been saying. All right, I got it right. Finally, I got a last name right. <laughs> Take Let's the win. Mark it on the calendar, June 30th, 2020. I listened again to your most recent episode at home this time. This allowed me more attention, and it's always easier for me to pause when I know I have to do something distracting. I like all your choices for favorites. There was something going to work out no matter what because I have a difficult time picking out my favorites. For health reasons, I strongly seek out comedy, so the 11th hour with Matt Smith is a favorite. I haven't thought of better episodes for introducing someone to Doctor Who for the first time. I'd love to hear your suggestions. Okay, we could do that. Any thoughts, guys? What we do? Well, we always tell people, if you're going to watch the new series, we always recommend Rose as a good starting point. I would I would recommend starting with a, a certain doctor. Right. Like usually the start of a doctor is the start of a, like, kind of a brand new chapter in the Doctor Who's you know franchise so if you can start with a start with the first episode of a of a given doctor and that's what was so great about 11th hour is it was almost like a fresh start completely for the mm. series it really it really was yeah. i mean, I mean that's new doctors new companions new, sh- new showrunners yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly whereas you know like david tennant's first one it's you know he's recover he's crashing the tardis he's from his return. Of it. and he sleeps through it yeah and then, you know, with the twelfth doctor, he doesn't know who he is half the time in it and everything. And so and you have uh Madame Vastro, Jenny and Strax chasing after him through London. And whatever that companion's name who we're not mentioning, Clara. So it's okay. <laughs> but that one you had to like yeah, I mean that one actually kind of predicated on you knowing a little bit more about the previous doctor to really enhance that one, I think. So mm-hmm. that didn't feel like as fresh of a start, but you know, you have to start somewhere. You even had to have the 11th doctor in that episode calling Clara to, you know, uh, right. tell him to give him the guy a chance. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. That was weird. And then yeah. Jody's first episode, you know, is it's awesome. Cause that's also almost like a brand new start. And, it was fun, but you had that guy with the tooth face, Tim Shaw. Yes, he showed up again. Yes. Yep. So spoilers. So, so yeah. So <laughs> ha ha ha. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I would definitely either recommend the Eleventh Hour or I would recommend Rose for the new series. You know, for classic series, I probably would recommend either Spearhead from Space and start with the third doctor yeah because that's the first one that's all color and or robot robot because they're both the great thing with tom's era and also with john pertwee's era is all the episodes are there if you go earlier you don't have that mm-hmm. true and everything so and come on growing up on pbs they showed tom's era over and over and over again we loved it yep it was awesome so yeah those would probably be my suggestions i think mike and mary pretty much agree with that and i think an unearthly child and then just work your way through (laughs) exactly i you know we know we we know you should do a podcast like that (laughs) (laughs) i i will say i think every doctor who fan needs to watch unearthly child like they just have you have to do your homework and watch that first story exactly exactly and you know you just find out because most of the time you get an affinity with that whoever is your first doctor. Sure. I'm not saying you're going to love it, but no. I think, you you know, you owe it to the franchise, you know, to, to, to do that, um, to the see only, where it all started. The only first watching. the only first doctor story, I well, doctor regeneration story I wouldn't recommend would be Twin Dilemma. Don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for Colin fans out there, but no. 
Okay. Um, back to the letter. Another favorite is uh, Robot of Sherwood with Peter Capaldi, largely for the scene in which the Doctor and Robin cooperatively kick the key for their cell and restraints down a drain, the floor drain. The line about how Clara must never know of it is priceless. While I love the Doctor's, Matt Smith will probably be always be his favorite because the last thing I can recall my la- late dad saying clearly before his first stroke was when he pointed to the at the TV screen and said, that guy you've been watching all day, there's something about him. He seems really trustworthy. I'd like to have a cup of coffee with him. Oh, that's awesome. Aww. That is really awesome. <laughs> yeah. that, is, that is a great memory. That That's a good feeling. I have only one other Doctor Who experience with my family so far. My nephew, Jeb, who was adopted from... Zambia watched some of the last year's Christmas marathon of BBC America while we were all gathered for our biannual extended family Christmas. I'd like to hear about your experience with friends and fam- and family and Doctor Who. I'm guessing your listeners would love ideas of how to introduce people successfully. I know that most inap- important things to keep in mind is never to force it at all. If they're obviously disinterested, then let them go. If they ever change their minds, it has to happen in their time. Well, stay safe. I will need to head off to sleep, Bill L. Thank you, Bill. That was an awesome letter. Thank you. Yes, thank Thank, you, Bill. Thank you. That was great. And I've talked multiple times on this podcast and also back on Earth Station One about how I introduced William to Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just I think we started with Rose. And together, and we watched it all the caught up with Doctor Who because in the States back then, Doctor Who wasn't shown live, you know, at the same time. It was like at least almost a year behind sometimes, especially when Rose came out with the Ninth Doctor. So it was, I think, not until halfway through David Tennant's era were we even getting it at the close to the same time. I think so. it's great that they're uh, so accessible, um, way more accessible now than they ever have been. Uh, I do think it's kind of a shame that uh, the classic era is on a separate streaming service than the, the what we would like to call New Who, uh, simply because it just creates that divide still of mm-hmm. classic and New Who um, stories. And I don't, I wish... People could just like, you know, it, 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 it's one big, huge franchise. It should be available like in one streaming service, you know, like available like, so that so that if you're watching like the Zygons in a new story, you can go back easily and be like, oh, I want to see the first episode where they were introduced. Boom. And it's just that simple rather than, oh, I got to pay for another streaming service, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, but um you know, obviously it depends on the person if you're going to introduce or reintroduce someone to Doctor Who, just like anything else. And just like anything else, the worst thing you can do is tell somebody, you have to see this. You're going to love it because that is the, like... That's the kiss of death, yeah. <laughs> it really is. You know, that's it's, that's yeah. too much expectations on that, you know? Oh, very much so. And, like, for Judy, I got her into Doctor Who. The very first episode I showed her was Blink. And that was a Dr. Light story. Sure. It's but a great she, episode, though. But she was hooked from that point on. Sure. And everything, which is pretty awesome. So, yeah, different people, um, different eras, and it's pretty awesome if you can watch it as a family. And I know so many people that do. It's pretty cool. So, definitely, you know, I think it was a great topic to talk about, and it's a great thing. And, Bill, thank you so much. And if anyone else wants to write us of course earth station who at esonetwork.com definitely would love to hear from you so let's go wrap up this episode for this week want to thank our regulars for being here mary thank you thank you oh thank you so much for having me always fun to talk to you guys and anything you want to promote uh you can find me at maryogle.com or on etsy at evision arts that is awesome and mr mike as always it's my pleasure it is always great to talk to you guys. I love talking Doctor Who with you guys. It's, <laughs> it's some of the funnest time of my week. So it's always a great, great thing to do. So we'll be back again next time. Please join us and we will see you then. Take it easy, folks.
peace and stay safe. And we're out of here. Off to the TARDIS. <laughs> Quick to the TARDIS pole. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and the door opens. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. <laughs>